What's shaking fire nation JLD here and welcome to episode 1383 of EO fire where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week and you have huge goals fire nation big goals and the freedom journal is your guide to accomplishing them so just visit thefreedomjournal.com and start accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, James Foster. James, are you prepared to ignite? I'm fully ready. Thanks, John. (laughs) Co-founder of Bright and former downhill ski racer, James leads his sock startup aiming to dominate the British retail sector. James' first Kickstarter campaign stunk, and he hustled his way to reach just 27,000 pounds in backing. Second time around, on his live project, he broke all scene records for Kickstarter conversions on day one by focusing on unconventional, little-known tricks they you, Fire Nation, can use too. James, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. I was a downhill ski racer. I did that full time for five years, learned some incredible skills along the way, especially hard work and dedication. And now I've found a little niche in the sock market and uh, there's quite a lot of sock subscriptions going on, especially in the U.S., But over in the UK, the retail market, there's definitely an opening for British-made product. And that's what we stand for. We're extremely bright, well-made socks that make you more confident. And they're made smack bang here in Great Britain. I'm not going to lie. When I'm wearing a great pair of socks... I just feel better. I do feel more confident. And I don't really mind when I sit down and my, my uh, pants kind of ride up a little bit because I'm like, I'm actually just showing off my great socks right now in <laughs> Fire Nation. <laughs> I'm sure you've experienced that as well. And this is not going to be your typical EO Fire interview where we're going to be going through James's worst moment and aha moment. He's had those for sure. But I brought James on for a different reason today. We're going to mix things up because his Many of you know Fire Nation because you're such amazing listeners. Back in January, I launched my first ever Kickstarter campaign, and it was a massive success. It was for the Freedom Journal, How to Accomplish Your Number One Goal in 100 Days. And we ended up having over 7,000 backers in those 33 days. We uh, we raised over $453,000. And we were able to partner with a great charity, Pencils of Promise, where we built three schools in developing countries because of many, many of you who are listening right now who donated. And we became the sixth most funded publishing campaign of all time on Kickstarter, which is a huge, massive accomplishment. And again, Fire Nation, it's thanks a lot to you who's listening right now who supported that campaign. But I went in there like a newbie. I didn't really know what I was doing. I had people that were helping me, sure, and that was great. But I can tell you, I learned a lot during that campaign that I wish I knew before. And when I go about my second one, I will definitely be doing some things differently. Now, of course, we wrote an epic Literally 60 minutes it will take you to read this article if you want to over at eofire.com slash Kickstarter where we broke down all of our wins, all of our losses, all of our successes, all of our mistakes. So check that out because we break it all down there. But I brought James on here today for a couple of reasons. Number one, because 
he didn't do so well on his first Kickstarter campaign, and, and he's going to talk about that. But number two, he came back, and he is absolutely lighting up the Kickstarter airwaves with round two. And in fact, again, he's setting records for Kickstarter conversions on day one by focusing on unconventional little-known tricks that you can use too. So we're going to talk about those Kickstarter tricks, Fire Nation. You're going to have a blast listening because every single one of you has an idea why not validate that idea on Kickstarter? Don't go and create the wheel, sell the wheel, and if it sells well, then you create it. That's a great way to go about it, and Kickstarter is a great platform for that. But there's also some uh, some flaws to Kickstarter, which we're again going to talk about. But James, first and foremost, what is Bright, and how did you start Bright? Like, why did you do it? And again, Fire Nation, this is B-R-Y-T, Bright, and James, take it away. It was about three or four years ago, and I suddenly started searching for ways and tools that I could be more confident, that I could grow personally, um, become more of a professional. And I stumbled upon, coincidentally, a study. And the study <clears throat> made it aware that a little trick wearing colorful socks can actually boost the amount of attention that other people give you and makes you more confident. So we went away, found a manufacturer willing to sample product for us over in the UK and decided to test the theory. And it worked out tremendously well. I mean, we found 420% increase in the number of positive comments that you got on how well you dressed. And 97% of the people that wore our product felt more confident and happier. And the idea behind it is we make a product that's nicer to wear, more comfortable, fits better, so that people want to wear it all the time. And then because the patterns and colors are so bright and uh, startling to the eye, they attract attention. And everybody, once you get the attention, um, you're more confident to utilize the new opportunities that come up. And so that's the, the whole idea behind bright, where bright, colorful socks that are intended to make you more confident. Now, Fire Nation, this isn't the first time you've heard me talk about things like this. What did James do right? Well, he did a lot of things right, but what I want to zero in on is he had his eyes open. He had his ears open. He was experiencing the world. He was reading articles. He was saying, wow, like this is an actual opportunity that I could potentially expose in, in a beneficial way. I could help people. And James said, you know, this is something I could actually get excited about and be passionate about. And next thing you know, he was doing just that. And again, you're going to come up with many ideas, Fire Nation, day to day, week to week, if your eyes are open, if your ears are open, if you're reading, if you're listening, if you're doing things like checking in with EO Fire and checking out these daily podcasts. Not every single one you should be off chasing. It's the ones that really grab your heart, your passion, your soul, which this did for James. So you chose Kickstarter first time around, James. Tell me why you did that. And, you know, what is like the good what's the bad what are the highs what are the lows of that experience with the economies of scale we wanted to produce as many as we could first time round, so that we could offer it to retail uh, retail markets purely and simply because a, a pair of socks online seems like quite an expensive purchase but when you put it next to a, a 50 pound t-shirt here in the uk it seems like a really good steal yeah so we wanted to produce high volume and Kickstarter was the perfect place to validate that idea. Now, in theory, that sounds perfect. 
and it sounds like you can jump on board there and make it happen straight away. But in reality, and what we found is that it's a completely different story. I mean, we absolutely bombed on our first campaign. It was probably my, my lowest moment that I've got as, uh, as an entrepreneur. Let's talk about that a little bit because 27,000 pounds, I mean, what is even that in US dollars? That's probably close to $50,000. A lot of people would be like, that's a lot of money. Like, why do you think you failed? And what were some of the low moments? The first part of the campaign we kicked off, we thought we'd followed the best guidance. There's a lot of, in, there's a lot of information online that talks about generating PR before, before the launch, which, is, which makes perfect, perfect sense. However, a lot of products, it's very, very difficult to get PR before having any kind of audience, having any kind of success. You're just another Kickstarter campaign in, and that's one of the hundred pitches that the PR guy on the other side of the screen sees every single day. Um, so some of the, some of the uh, metrics from our first campaign where up until day three, we had zero backers that we didn't know. Mm. So... Up to day three, everybody we knew and we, we asked to back, and they did so in the super kind, generous act of themselves. But from that way forward, we had to figure out, right, how do we hustle our way over the line and try and make as much cash as we can to bring this idea to fruition? So we set about doing that, and we found a number of techniques that I later used in my second campaign to break a number of records one of those of which was cross-promotions. So whereby in your update, you promote another campaign in return for them promoting yours. And it works tremendously well. And there's a lot of tips and there's a lot of, of information that I can provide down in the show notes that'll help uh, your audience out. Yeah, and again, Fire Nation, we're going to have some really good meat and potatoes in the show notes of this podcast. So eofire.com slash James Foster, or of course, if you just use the search bar and type in James or Foster, F-O-S-T-E-R, that'll take you right to the show notes page where you're going to be getting a lot of great stuff. Let's kind of take maybe a step back for a second, James, and talk a little more aerial for a second, because in your opinion, now that you've experienced a bad campaign and now that you're currently experiencing a good campaign because right now Fire Nation James is in the middle of his second campaign where he's rocking it and I highly suggest you checking out his live campaign as soon as you get done finishing to this episode because you can see what he's doing and how he's progressing. What, James, makes a good Kickstarter product? A good product, I would say, takes a conventional product, a product that probably already exists and there's a slight tweak to it there's a slight enhancement it's improved in some shape or form and then off the back of that it needs great promotion and it needs instant traction because when it gets instant traction there's a buzz about it people want to jump on board people want to be part of the party that's going on on your campaign and it's just a great experience so yeah i think you take uh, I don't think it needs to be anything particularly new, but it needs to be a product that can be innovated in one shape or fashion for us. It was socks and we made the welt, which is the cuff at the top, more enduring fabric. We made the seam on the toe better. We used more eco-friendly pigments within the actual color and we just made it a better product. And I think that enhancement is what the Kickstarter audience really likes. 
Now, I'm going to ask you in a second, James, for an example that you've seen on another product where you feel like they did that well. So start those wheels turning right now because when I was hearing you talk, I was thinking about something super basic that obviously has been done, but maybe Fire Nation, just to kind of break down a bare bones example, like think about back in the day with envelopes, like how annoying was it that you had to lick envelopes or have that like stupid like little sponge that you use for moisture to close the envelopes? It was just like, hello. And then lo and behold, who knows how long ago it was, but you know, they weren't around forever. They created the self-sealing envelopes and those are the ones that I have now and I love them. And every time I use them, I'm like, thank God I don't have to lick this envelope. Like I can just fold this bottom part up, the top part down, I press over it and that's a sealed envelope. Now that's an example of a product that was around forever. Somebody made a little tweak, a little improvement and now it's like, hello, why would I ever buy a a licking envelope again? Like it's just not going (laughs) to ever happen. So that was kind of a random example, James. It just popped into my mind while I was talking. Do you have one as well? I personally, I'm a sucker for bags. I love a really good bag. And I think you take a standard bag that we all take for work and you add some more improvements such as a handle in a better place. It might open in a, in a, in a load of different ways. And I think there's one currently on Kickstarter called the Nomatic Bag, and it's doing fantastically. And that's a case of, it's a bag, it's a rucksack, but it also works as a, as a briefcase. And it's got all these really cool features that would attract to a whole load of people. I mean, I love that idea. I'm actually going to go check out the Nomatic Bag. Is that what it's called, James? That's the one. Yeah, I'm going to check that out because I'm a sucker for bags myself. Now, James, (laughs) let's talk about your launch. Two weeks ago, and actually by the time this goes live, it'll be about four weeks ago, you launched your campaign. Let's talk about some of the results from this current campaign that you're currently experiencing. The first day we launched and we funded within four hours. Wow. What was your funding goal? We're set at £10,000, which was a little conservative, and that is a, a great tip for campaigns to air on, on the lighter side. of. Now, why is that? In our case, people are back in socks. Now, whilst there's an awful lot of effort that goes into making the best sock, people look at that price point and see £10,000, and they might think that that's a lot to create a sock. In reality, on our last campaign, we set the, the funding goal at £20,000. And I think that put a lot of people off. Now, at £10,000, that's probably the amount we needed to, to bang on, bring this, this project to fruition. But it was still on the, the side of, uh, it, was on, it was on the lower side of our budget. And the intention was that it made it easier for people to jump on board the project. They didn't perceive it as being such a high cost for the rest of the Kickstarter community to jump on board and make a reality. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other results that you're getting from this current campaign. In the first 24 hours, we had 1,200 backers. That's almost double the amount we had from the first campaign. We raised over $10,000 in 57 minutes. And... One of the, the best statistics is we've got one of the highest ever seen conversion rates. I think it is the actual highest conversion rate on day one of a Kickstarter launch. In fact, we had more backers than we had video views. Wow. So you're talking about when people got to your page, they bought. Exactly. They landed and they bought. 
Let's talk about that. Give us some reasons why. I spent a hell of a, a long time, instead of trying to drum up PR attention, I tried to, to make my time useful and productive by going direct to the Kickstarter market. I thought that it's much better to target people that are used to using the Kickstarter platform. And as a result, they're more likely to jump on board your campaign straight away and make it a success and instant traction. So before I launched, I had 66 of what are called cross promotions, which drove over 100,000 backers within day one to our project. I collaborated with another project. This is a I believe a Kickstarter first and something that I advise everybody else to do. We collaborated with a super campaign that had over 70,000 backers and we actually produced a branded piece of merchandise for that, for that campaign. And that collaboration brought a combination of our awesome fun socks and their fun quirky game and the two combined to make an absolutely phenomenal result i mean they sent their backers on our launch day and we've we had so many backers john it was incredible Fire Nation, I don't want you to go anywhere because we've just begun to really pull out the golden nuggets of what James learned from his last campaign, what he's implying in his current campaign. We're going to take a quick minute first, though, to thank our sponsors. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for business to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. But check this out. Earth Class Mail helps you move your snail mail into the cloud, and it integrates with the tools and services that you use every day. With Earth Class Mail, you have access to all your mail online 24-7. Search your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. And you'll never need to worry about someone showing up to your front door if you run your business from home. Earth Class Mail is a brilliant solution that's perfect for businesses and independent entrepreneurs of all types. Visit earthclassmail.com and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up using promo code FIRE. That's earthclassmail.com, promo code FIRE. EO Fire is supported by City Cards with Android Pay. How cool is it that we live in a world where you can use the same device to listen to EO Fire and buy your morning coffee, groceries, and more? And did I mention it's a super fast way to pay? Just use your City Card with Android Pay at the register. Get in, get it, get going. Download the Android Pay app on Google Play or visit city.com slash Android Pay to get started. Android Pay is available for eligible City Consumer Credit and debit cards. So James, we are back, brother. And again, you learned a lot, a ton from your first campaign. You've talked to us about some basic steps that you've taken that were different. Let's kind of go through these things. I mean, you have these three steps that you really kind of went through. I mean, you found a way to cross collaborate. You built these supercharged collaborations. You know, your timing of your campaign was just perfect. So talk about those three things in even more detail than we already have. I spent about three months, it wasn't a lot of time, it was probably 10 to 15 minutes every night reaching out to other projects and saying, hey, if you 
promote for us on our launch day, we will promote for you now. Now, there's a lot of people out there that probably don't already have a first Kickstarter campaign. And what I would urge them to do is try and leverage some of their audience that they've already got. Maybe you could reach out to um, another campaign and say, I'm happy to promote you to my Facebook audience. Now, any campaign, James, or are you really looking for campaigns that make sense for that campaign's audience for your product? Exactly. So Kickstarter's bundled into a number of a number of different sections, and the one that we focused on was the design section. So first and foremost, we went to those design projects that were live. Because they're live, they're in a position to act quickly because they want more backers in a shorter period of time. So we contacted the live projects first, and one by one, we reached out to them and said, hey, if we put this to our audience now, in the future, will you provide a cross-promotion on our launch day? And we found we had a conversion of about 20% with reaching out to different projects. And you're dead right. When there was less similarity and synergy between your project and the project you were reaching out to, that conversion rate drastically dropped. So the moment you go from... Uh, where where classified as a design project as soon as we went to a music campaign or as soon as we went to an arts campaign that conversion rate dramatically decreased so what i would advise is you spend your time first and foremost contacting those campaigns that have the most synergy photography campaigns reach out to past photography projects Art campaigns, reach out to past art project because whatever audience you have probably is very useful for the type of clientele that they want to get over and back their campaign. So let's talk about how you timed your campaign. I mean, you claimed to me in our little pre-interview chat that, you know, you've timed this to perfection. Like, what does that mean? Well, there's a, there's a service called KickTrack, which logs all the statistics of your Kickstarter project. And if you want to check out ours, which is currently live you can go over to kick track and type in bright socks 2.0 and you'll see all our data and kickstarter and kick track use uh, when you launch and how uh, how you convert and how many backers you've got how much popularity you have to display whereabouts you are uh, within Kickstarter, the better you do, the higher up on on their landing page you go. So obviously there's, there's hundreds of thousands of people seeing that home screen every day. Your job is to get to the top. That's what we did. We, we used all these techniques so that on day one, we would be the most popular campaign on Kickstarter. Mm. And a combination of all of them means that you have a lot of native people for the rest of the day, the next week, that'll see your campaign over and above everybody else's. And that means you've got more eyeballs on your project, which naturally means you get more backers. So timing your campaign to perfection, how important is this when you're looking to set up your entire campaign for Kickstarter? It's crucial. I mean, the start date and end date are really important as well. A lot of people probably won't consider the holidays that are going on around the world. Right. When we launched, we were initially going to launch on a Monday, but that happened to be Independence Day over there in the US. July 4th, baby. We're all drinking beer and eating hot dogs. We're not buying (laughs) socks. No, definitely not. So we made the decision to move to Tuesday 
day, which statistically is the best day, actually, to launch on Whoa, Kickstarter. I'm making a note of that. Keep going. Another note is, to, uh, is the end date. It's not a good idea to end on the weekend because traditionally the most eyeballs come throughout the week. Most, I don't have time, but a lot of people end up looking at Kickstarter whilst they're at work, checking out how a project's going on. And so I believe that the best time to end a campaign is probably on a Friday. It's a climatic point in the week. Everybody's ending, and it's also a climatic point to your campaign. And one thing to bear in mind is what time zone you're in. For us, we're at British, British summertime, and so compared to you, John, we're five hours ahead. Now, when we wanted to engage with those kick track statistics as well as we could, we had to bear that in mind. So we actually launched uh, early morning over here in the UK so that our timer started just after midnight in many parts of the US. Um, So I'd bear that in mind as well. So let's talk about some tools, some templates that you've used and that you're going to continue to use throughout your launch. Let's just kind of really break down the specifics that Fire Nation can say, okay, I get that. I can see how I can implement that into a campaign of my own. Yeah, so let's go with the cross collaborations. We had a lot of feedback from them uh, of rejection. And I know being an entrepreneur, you've got to deal with rejection an awful lot of the time. So one of the templates that we created uh, had a really neat workaround where we would actually turn a negative on a positive. So a lot of the rejection that we got was, no, your campaign isn't synergistic with ours. Mm-hmm. It isn't related to ours. So we don't think it's a good idea to put it within our project updates. And I turned that on the head and said, well, hang on, the people that like arts projects or technology projects probably aren't the kind searching design projects. So by me updating my audience with your project, you're getting a completely new set of backers looking over your project. Mm. Whereas in the past, they've probably landed on the technology page, had a skim through. And if something hasn't caught their attention straight away, they probably won't, they probably won't click on it. But when, a, when it's in a cross-promotion of mine and I'm showing it to my audience, it's in front of the eyeballs. They've got to have a look at it. And quite often, a lot of my backers thanked me for showing me projects that they would never, ever have seen. See, that's cool, Fire Nation. You get a really just make sure that you have a shift in mindset. When you get that rejection, you can say, hey, how can I pivot? How can I adjust how that person who rejected me is thinking about this? Because they're thinking about it in one way. And if I keep going forward in that one way, that door is closed. What's the workaround to make them see other opportunities? One of the things that I was also going to mention is that it's critically important to, to, to be slow and steady with this process. Cross collaborations, you don't want to message 50 people all at once. You've got campaigns constantly coming live. So you want to spend a, a small amount of time every day, reach out to four or five campaigns. And another thing to note is just don't send the same, same update, the same direct message to everybody. We had a message, and of course, I'll link these um, in your show notes below. We had a a standard message, but we adapted the first sentence or two. um, 
to the to the project in question so that it was relevant. We reached out direct to the campaign creator with their name. We we reached out to projects that we were generally interested in as well. So it's it it appeared and it genuinely was um, a concerted effort to that one campaign. We made a direct approach and made draw references to similarities between our both of our campaigns. Hey, your campaign's fun. My campaign's fun. This is going to really work well <laughs> together. Or, hey, everybody that likes games likes socks. Or gamers are normally quite quirky characters, and people that love colourful socks are quite quirky characters. So picking out these similarities and putting them as the first sentence within your within your direct message to these creators is essential. And I remember when you reached out to me, it was something along the lines of, John, people who set goals, you know, they have big aspirations. And if you have big aspirations, you need confidence. And these socks are proven to improve people's confidence. So let's just do this, brother. And I was like, huh, that does make sense. And I like socks too. <laughs> exactly. And, and you updated for me on my launch, which drove quite a number of backers our way. So thanks very much for that, John. Well, you're welcome. And thank Fire Nation as well, because they are the ones that are supporting all the people that we bring on the show. So thank you, Fire Nation, for just being awesome. Now, James, we are wrapping up, brother. So as we kind of wrap up here, is there anything you kind of want to share as final thoughts for my audience? Yeah, one of the things that I would say is try to generate internal stimulation from Kickstarter. By that I mean try and focus on the people that are already using Kickstarter by any means that you can. I did that by cross-promotions, by a collaboration with a campaign that has a ton of backers, and you should do the same. Try and find any similarity with projects that are currently there and organize a way for their backers to see your project on launch day. Instead of trying to rustle up PR attention, if you've got enough time, that's great. Try and stimulate some PR attention, but gain traction. Gain traction first and the PR will come to you. That's what we did. We gained an incredible first day. We we got 1,200 backers. There was a buzz around our socks because they're so awesome and colorful. And then you get PR attention from that. The, uh, these writers, they see your campaign, they see it kicking off, and they want to be a part yeah. of that rather than you forcing it down their neck to begin with in the first place. Mo-momentum, Fire Nation. It's so hard to acquire. And once you get that momentum going, do not let it go ever. So James, tell Fire Nation, give us a direct call to action. How the heck can we check out your 2.0 bright socks campaign that's going that's live right now? Go and check out Bright Socks 2.0. Search that in Kickstarter. Um, go and check out the statistics on KickTrack. You'll see how my resources and, and my philosophy in launching promoted us to incredible results on the first day. Um, and you'll find the resources that I've been talking about below. I've attached the, the best converting templates down there. I've got the three steps that I've used to launch and how you can implement them with your kind of project. And, and if you feel gratified for some of the resources, then by all means, 
pledge on our campaign and make it even more of a success and join the party. Fire Nation, I can vouch these socks are out of this world in a great way. So head over to Kickstarter, type in Bright, that's B-R-Y-T space 2.0 and boom, you're going to come to their page. You can check out all of the cool things that they're doing well. Awesome. Check it out. Consume that. Awesome. If you feel like, hey, I want some socks or I know somebody who needs some socks, support James and his great team. And Fire Nation, you know this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with James and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. If you just type James in the search bar, his show notes page is going to pop up with everything that we've been talking about, all those added tools and templates that we've been promising you. They're waiting for you right there. Just go check them out. And of course, we'll have a link to his Kickstarter campaign as well on the show notes page. And James, I just want to thank you, brother, for sharing your journey on Kickstarter with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. So Fire Nation, I hope you enjoyed our chat with James today. And if you are a socky sock, sock, sock person, head on over and check out Bright Socks. That's B-R-Y-T, kicking off on Kickstarter as we speak. And mastering productivity, discipline, and focus was critical to my success, Fire Nation. And my latest project is going to guide you in mastering that productivity, discipline, and focus in just 100 days. Visit selfmasteryjournal.com. I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side.